Will you please turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 1, the Gospel of John and chapter 1. Uh, it is the first week of Advent. If you don't know what Advent is, it is a season, including the four Sundays before Christmas, where Christians historically have not only thought about the first coming of Jesus Christ, but even in our times of uh, darkness and despair, we long for the second coming of Jesus. So the first Advent points to the second Advent. Usually we spend our Advent sermon series thinking of the stories of Jesus' birth, uh, like angels appearing to people, Jesus born in Bethlehem, shepherds hearing the announcements. Uh, but this year we're going to do it a little bit differently. We're going to look at how John tells us to think about the coming of Jesus. Uh, John, in his gospel, cares a lot about who Jesus was and who Jesus is. And in John's Advent story, he tells us that Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness. That's the Advent according to the Gospel of John, and that is the name of our sermon series, The Light Shines in the Darkness. Well, let me pray first, and then I'll read John 1, verses 1 through 5. It's also on the back of your bulletin if you need it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, quiet our minds and our hearts before you now. Lord, for the hearts that have been focused on the darkness... Shine your light right now. For the hearts who have recently been rescued from darkness, remind them of your glorious light. For the hearts that have been walking in the light with their Savior Jesus, remind them to keep their eyes fixed on the light because we still live in a world full of darkness. Lord, thank you that even though we introduced the darkness into the world, you introduced the light, your son, Jesus. We now open your word and we know that your word is a lamp unto our feet. So give us eyes to see your light this morning, ears to hear about your light this morning, and hearts and minds to love and cherish and receive that light with joy this morning. Nourish us now with your light. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. This is the word of the Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And all God's people said, Amen. In these five verses, we see three things about God. What was God doing that first Christmas? 
What was Advent all about? What does John want us to think about when we think about Christmas, when we spend the next four weeks in the Advent season getting our homes and our lives and our families ready to celebrate Christmas? We see three things. First, God creates. Second, God reveals. And third, God delivers. What happened at Christmas? John wants us to know that God creates, God reveals, and God delivers. First, God creates. Look again at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. Let's stop there. First of all, in the beginning reminds us of what? Genesis 1.1, the first lines of our Bible, the first lines of the Old Testament. Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So when John says, in the beginning, we're supposed to immediately think that whatever happened in Genesis 1.1 is really important when Jesus stepped onto the earth again. When Jesus came to walk among us, when Jesus became incarnate, took on human flesh, and walked among us, in the beginning is supposed to make our minds think of the creation of the world. That's the first thing we're supposed to be reminded of. And second, in the beginning was what? The Word. In the beginning was the Word. John goes on to tell us that Jesus Christ is that Word. So, John is saying, when you think about Christmas and the coming of Jesus, in the beginning, at the creation, when this whole place came into existence, Jesus the Word was there, and he was there before the creation of the world. At the beginning of the beginning, Jesus was already there. And so whatever Jesus was doing when he was born that first Christmas has a lot to do with the first creation. When beginning began, Jesus, the word, the Greek word logos, was already there. And friends, this has huge implications for Christmas. When you get ready to celebrate Christmas and you tell the Christmas stories and you go sing with us and you go out and carol with us, we're singing the songs of Christmas. What happened at Christmas? In the beginning was the word. So who came that first Christmas? Not somebody new, not a new creation, not something that was a product of the broken and dark creation. No, who came that first Christmas was one who was there before the beginning of the world. And if you need hope this Advent season, and a lot of you do, if you really need hope right now, you need to remember that the recreator was there for creation. The word of God, the logos of God was there at the first creation and he came to recreate what we broke. So he knows how to fix it. Uh, Recently, a non-essential part on one of our cars stopped working. And we took it to our mechanic and the mechanic looked at it and he's like, oh yeah, I know what to do. And then I I got the phone call and he said, no, I don't know what to do. So I called another mechanic I know, a tall, nice guy from the area. I'm not naming names. Some of you may know. And he had his whole team look at it. And he's like, yeah, we know what to do. And then, then they looked at it and they're like, actually, we don't know what to do. Because of the specific model year and where the specific part was made, he said, you know what you need to do? You need to take this one to the dealership because only the creator of it knows how to fix it. 
John is saying in this broken world, who knows how to fix this? Your mechanic can't fix it. You can't fix it. The self-help books can't fix it. Your boss can't fix it. The bank can't fix it. This world is broken. But there is one who knows how to fix it. It's the one who made it. And Jesus was there when he created it. He created this world and he came into this world that first advent because he is the only one who can fix it and he came to fix it. You need to send it to the creator. And Jesus was there. In the beginning was the word. This is what happened at Christmas. Jesus was the creator born into creation to recreate what we uncreated. That's what John is getting at. Now look at verses 1 through 3 and see the bigger picture John is painting. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's not inferior to God. He, he can only do some things, not other things. No, that's not true. He has the power of God. Jesus can say to a dead man, come back, and he did. With his word, the word of God can conquer death. And he did. So in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 2. He was in the beginning with God. So he's going to recreate the creation that we broke. Verse 3. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Things are broken, but he made all things. So let's think back to the beginning. Let's think back. John wants us to think back to Genesis 1.1. What was going on in Genesis 1.1? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the cosmos, everything that exists apart from the triune God. In the beginning, God. God is the subject of the world. God is the main character in the story. In Genesis 1-1, God was creating things. And in John 1-1, God has not given up his role of creating and sustaining. So as the Bible continues to tell the story, the main character was and is and always will be God. But in the beginning, God, he's not alone. Jesus is there. We just read it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. In the book of Hebrews 1.1, in fact, if you want to study more this week, study Genesis 1.1, John 1.1, and Hebrews 1.1. It's a great trifecta of verses. Hebrews 1.1, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but, verse 2, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. So God now spoke the world into creation, and now through Jesus, his greatest speaking, his greatest and most powerful words, his greatest act in the world was going to happen in the person and work of his son, Jesus Christ, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. So God the Father and God the Son are there, but Genesis 1-2, it says the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So John says, in the beginning was the Word. And we know, in the beginning, God the Father is there. God the Son is there. God the Spirit is there. And before the beginning, what was there? Love, relationship, community. 
Giving and receiving love and glory, communication, harmony, peace, shalom. Nothing was broken. All was beautiful. Every relationship was perfect. This is what we call the Trinity. One God, three persons. The one true God who was and is and always will be was there before the beginning began. And so, before the beginning began, God as Father, Son, and Spirit had a perfect community, and then they invite us in. As Genesis explains, they invite us in. So Adam and Eve, our first parents, get to share in that love, that harmony, that perfection, that sharing of glory, and giving and receiving beauty, and affirmation, and love. And then what happens? Our first parents experienced that. Love, joy, peace, life, light, beauty. And what did we bring to the first Thanksgiving feast. What side dish did we bring? We brought the darkness. Our first parents sinned. We broke the fellowship table. We let sin entered in. We sinned and spiritual darkness enters the story. Darkness in the Bible functions as a catch-all term for everything that's broken. If you're experiencing your own sins, that's darkness. If you're experiencing the pain of people sinning against you, that's darkness. If you're experiencing the decaying of your body and eventual death and the loss of life and pain and suffering, you're living in the world full of the consequences of sin, that's darkness. Darkness is also a symbol of God's judgment on sin. You remember the Exodus story, the ten plagues? The ninth plague is darkness and the tenth plague is death. Darkness comes and then the death of the firstborn. So in old creation, John says, in the beginning was the word. Think about old creation. God's word spoke everything into beautiful existence. The deeds and words of God separate light from darkness, but then we introduced spiritual darkness. So God has to save his people from the darkness. Well, now John wants us to know about the new creation. In the beginning was the word. And so the deeds and words of Jesus, the true word of God, are the words of God. He is the light come into the darkness. He is the firstborn who, like the firstborns in Egypt who died and were not saved by God, Jesus, the word, the Son of God, is the firstborn who would die so that we could all be saved from darkness. He endures the ninth plague and the tenth plague. He steps down into darkness and dies on behalf of sinners. This is the word who is going to fix what we broke. And that's what happened at Christmas. But Advent reminds us, and we've got to be honest about it, that this world is dark, isn't it? I mean, be honest, this world is dark, isn't it? Christmas was when the light arrived. So we find this truth from John 1, 1 through 3. Jesus was the creator born into creation to recreate what we uncreated. Let me say it again. Jesus was the creator born into creation to recreate what we uncreated. God creates. That's the first point. But if the light is going to be beautiful and shine in the darkness, we need to have an honest assessment of how dark this place really is. Which leads us to point two, God reveals. Look at verse four. Look at verse four. John 1 verse four. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. All right, so in Jesus is life and light. The world needed life, 
and light. The wages of sin was death and darkness. Jesus has come to be the life, and he's come to be the light. Later in the Gospel of John, John tells us that Jesus said this. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in what? Darkness, but will have the light of life. So in the Gospel of John, there are two paths in this world. There's the narrow path and the wide path. There's the light path and the dark path. There's the way of truth and the way of lies. Jesus, by his life, is going to reveal this to the world. The world was plunged and stuck in darkness, but Jesus reveals by his life and his words and his actions. He reveals the darkness from the light. He becomes the contrast between these two worlds. He speaks of the forgiveness of sins. So now sin and darkness and unbelief have enemies in Jesus Christ. Jesus came to overcome them all. And if we follow Jesus, he says we're no longer walking in the darkness. We're walking in the light. What does light do? What is John saying the light is? Well, light reveals truth, right? You know that. Light reveals, you turn the light on. Oh, now I know what's going on. Now I know who did that. It shows danger. You turn the light on and you can see possible danger. And light also clarifies our path. Maybe this Advent season, the main thing Jesus needs to do for you to be your light is to reveal truth. Maybe you've been living in lies. Maybe you've been hiding the truth. Maybe you've been believing things that aren't true. Maybe you've been despairing over things that aren't actually the most important things. Maybe you've got truth upside down. And maybe for you, this Advent season, Jesus as the light of man is going to reveal truth for you. Maybe for you, you've been living a life close to danger and Jesus is going to reveal danger for you. When the light comes on and you see danger, danger in your own heart, danger in your relationships, danger in your idols and what you've been trusting in. Or maybe the light of Jesus this Advent season is going to clarify the path for you. Maybe you haven't been walking in the light. Maybe you haven't been going to God's word to learn his ways. Maybe you've just been winging it and letting your heart be your guide. And it's going to lead you down a path of despair and slavery to sin. Well, Jesus is going to do that as the light. He is the spiritual light of the world. He reveals spiritual truth, shows spiritual danger, and clarifies the path to live. And he came to give life. But as we saw last week, as we ended our study on the crucifixion, Jesus was going to give his own life for us to have life. Think about that. We plunged the world into darkness and the light of the world stepped out into that darkness so that you and I could have light. Jesus gave his life so that we wouldn't have to die and be separated from him forever in eternal separation from God. He died so we could have life. He gives us new life, symbolized in baptism, abundant life, and eternal life. And it's either that path of life through Jesus or the way of death, two ways to live. Verse 4 again. In him was life. If you want true life, you can only get it through Jesus. And that life was the light of men. So as we think about Christmas, John really wants us to think about light and dark. When you have a candle on in your house and you see that for Advent, you're reminded of this light. Think about this. John is saying that Jesus offers two ways to live. Light or dark. Truth 
or lies, salvation or sin, slavery or freedom, narrow or wide, grace or judgment. Jesus reveals all this. God reveals. Before we move on to point three, what does Jesus show? The light stepping into the darkness. Jesus shows us that the nightly news is right. This world is full of darkness, isn't it? The light shines in the darkness, though, which brings us to point three. God delivers. So what happened as this light stepped into darkness and arrived that first Christmas? Verse five. Look at verse five. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen? We've seen that darkness is real. Spiritual darkness is real. But God, God delivers from the darkness. Guess who wins? Light wins. Amen? Guess who loses? Darkness loses. Amen? The message of Christmas is that God sends the true light into the darkness to overcome the darkness. If you want a verse to memorize this Advent season, memorize verse 5. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. In the Bible, in the first century, the people knew it. They knew that the world was dark. The Jewish people were longing for this day, the arrival of the Messiah. In Matthew verse, chapter 4, 16, he says this about the world waiting for Jesus the first advent. And we can relate waiting for Jesus in the second advent. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. So that's what we're celebrating. Jesus stepping into the darkness to save us from it. So where is John going in these five verses? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was there. Everything was made through him. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness hasn't overcome it. John wants us to think about Jesus offering to deliver us from darkness. That's his offer. So here's the question for every heart here. Are you stuck in darkness right now? Are you stuck in darkness right now? Have you recently been stuck in darkness Or are you about to, have you been planning to dive back into the darkness in the coming days? John says, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. In Jesus Christ, we, his people, are not overcome by the darkness. Are you stuck in the darkness? If so, your only hope is Jesus And he has already come, and he already says it is finished, and he is going to return again, and the darkness you are living in has an expiration date. Now, there's two types of darkness you might be stuck in. Some of you are stuck in the darkness of your own sin. You don't have to say amen now to let us all know if that's you. Some of you are stuck in the darkness of your own sin, and some of you are stuck in the consequences of sin, either other people's sins against you and they've been so dark and hard lately or you're stuck in the fact that you live in a world where things break down and we're going to die. First, some of you are stuck in your own sin. Let me talk to you now. If you're stuck in your own sins, I have really good news for you. 
Okay? Really good news. Some of you are stuck in your own sins, and you just never knew that you could have a Savior for your sins. You've been living your whole life eating whatever you want, loving whatever you want, doing whatever you want, drinking whatever you want, getting pleasure wherever you want, getting money and pleasure and doing things, whatever you, wherever your heart, always let your heart be your guide. And it's a life of slavery and you don't even know it. You're enslaved to your passions and your heart. And you know what the Bible says about our hearts? Our hearts are deceitful. You can't even trust your own heart and you know it. You're stuck in darkness. You're aimless. You're hopeless. You don't have true hope. You don't have true peace. You heard us sing about peace and you're like, what is peace? I don't even know. Jesus today can save you from that darkness. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What you do today is you realize as God works in your heart that you're a sinner who needs a savior. You repent of those sins. You ask for forgiveness and you today will be set free. You will lay your head down tonight on your pillow and you will have peace like you've never had before. Today could be the day of your salvation. If you're stuck in your own sins, Jesus died to set you free. He is the light who stepped down into darkness and the darkness has not overcome him. And that can be your story and your testimony today. Cry out to him. If you want to know more about that, stay and we'll talk to you. Some of you are born again. Some of you have been walking in the light with Jesus for a while, for days or weeks or months or years or decades. But lately you haven't been walking in the light. You've been given in to sinful pleasures and actions. Well, this Christmas season, Jesus can give you victory. His light can overcome that darkness. And remember, your current sins are not too big for Jesus. Do you know why? Because they killed him. And he said, that wasn't enough. I can even defeat death. So if he can defeat the wages of sin, your sin for you, and even defeat death, then he can kill the sins that have been enslaving you. He can. Your sin that you're thinking about, if you've been giving in lately, is not too big for Jesus because the darkness tried its best and lost. The darkness has not overcome it. So friend, brother, or sister in Christ, give up the weight that is burdening you in those sins and run to Jesus this Advent season. Run to the light and it will shine in the darkness. He promises to do that for you. So some of us are stuck in our own sins. And secondly, some of you are stuck in the consequences of a world broken by sin. For some of you, the darkness that you thought of when I said, what darkness are you in, is the darkness of other people sinning against you. And it is so painful and so difficult and it feels so despairing. And you know your only hope is the second coming of Jesus Christ. And you just don't know that you have the energy and endurance to get through another day in that darkness. Some of you have had the hardest year of your life and next year doesn't promise to be any easier because of the reality of living in a sinful world. But you face the darkness of suffering just like the Israelites. Let me give you a quick Bible trivia question. The people were in darkness. They were waiting. They saw a great light. A great light had shone on them. A great light had dawned on them. If you're living in a world of darkness... What Old Testament book do you think talks the most about that kind of darkness? 
living in the painful reality of having other people sin against you or your body's breaking down or you're being affected by death or destruction in the world around you. What book do you think talks the most about that kind of darkness? Okay, second, the second most popular book that talks about darkness the most, that reality of facing darkness in the world, is the prophet Isaiah. Prophet Isaiah. Okay, what's number one? I'm betting most of you thought Psalms because it's 150 chapters and it's very poetic. So there's lots of talk of dark and light. Psalms is up there, but it's not number one. What book talks about darkness the most that a lot of you can relate to? It's the book of Job who really knows what it's like to lose everything to suffer greatly, to despair for his own life. Job's life is the life full of darkness that Jesus came to overcome. Job's life is full of loss, suffering, despair, judgment, friends and family members accusing him, confusion, hopelessness. Some of you are stuck in that kind of darkness. Our bodies break down, and all God's people over 40 said, Amen. (laughs) Relationships break down. Everyone here knows that feeling. Friendships fail us sometimes. Many of you know that feeling. Family relationships are not all harmonious. Some of you were really looking forward to Thursday when you got to celebrate Thanksgiving with people who generally like you. But as I've talked to people in this church, that is not everyone's story. Not everyone was looking forward to Thursday this past week, to being around a whole bunch of people who really love and appreciate them. Not all Thanksgiving feasts were fun. For some of you on Thursday, the only people you could have true, sweet fellowship with were the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. The only ones who know you at your darkest and love you unconditionally. And in 2022, we've lost some loved ones because death comes for us all. But guess what, friends, as we finish the message, darkness does not get the last word. Spiritual darkness covers the earth, but then Jesus steps in. In the beginning was the word. A great song for this is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, as we heard and then sang. Verse 2, O come thou day spring, come and cheer, because we need it, our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night, some of us need that, and death's dark shadows put to flight. What does John tell us in John 1, 1 through 5? The Creator was born into creation to recreate what we uncreated. He gave his life and he gives us his light to get us through the darkness. Verse 4 and 5, in him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for shining your light into this dark world.